started. Make sure it is. Okay, excellent. Hello, everybody. Welcome, everyone. If you registered and clicked a link with the hopes of landing into a webinar about overcoming imposter syndrome, then you are in the right place. If not, you're invited and more than welcome to stay anyway. My name is Pamela Jo Wilson, and I am so happy that you're here. I am grateful to be speaking on a topic that is near but I will not say dear to me. <laughs> Please know that I'm not just your facilitator today on this subject of overcoming imposter syndrome, but I'm also a participant on this journey. As someone who struggles with IS, I am a product of the process that I'm about to go through with you. The irony, and as, as I proceed to tell you a little bit more about myself, is that I'm passionate about adding values to others. I love facilitating personal and professional leadership development. I believe everyone has the capacity to learn and grow and fulfill their divine destiny. For some, it comes easy, while for others, it takes some shifts in thinking. Nonetheless, God expects us to move from glory to glory, which drives me to let you know that this webinar is faith-based. If you are not a believer and a follower of Christ, you are still invited and welcomed, and above all, welcome to filter what you need and discard the rest. Please know that the chat box is your friend as on any virtual conferencing platform. Uh, feel free to post your questions or comments in the chat. I will try to check that regularly. And then depending on the number of participants, you may also be able to unmute your microphone and ask your questions orally. Well, with that said, why don't we get started? Thank you again for being here. So, feeling inadequate, huh? You're not alone. Most people experience moments of self-doubt, and that's normal. But when temporary feelings of negativity become constant, and you don't feel worthy of titles and achievements that you've worked very hard for and earned, it's time for a change. Studies suggest that 70% of people experience imposter syndrome at some point in their careers, 70%. Today, we'll be discussing what imposter syndrome looks like and how to overcome the symptoms of it so that you can step up to the plate and stop worrying so much because that's what it typically leads to, worrying. Now you might say, what is imposter syndrome? You might say, I don't have that, I don't worry. Well, stick around anyway, because even if this is not you, this may be someone you know or someone that is close to you. So what is imposter syndrome? Imposter syndrome is a psychological pattern of self-doubt where people disregard their accomplishments and have a persistent internalized fear of being exposed as a fraud. In other word, words, this phenomenon reflects on a belief that you're inadequate and incompetent despite evidence that proves otherwise despite the fact that you worked very hard for many years to get to where you've gotten to, there is just this internal persistent fear that you're gonna be found out and be, and be seen as, as a fraud. Imposter syndrome is not considered an official diagnosis by psychologists. And that is why you, you don't hear much about it. Um, but it is recognized as a phenomenon that could lead to disorders that are diagnosable, such as depression. For many years, and like I've mentioned all my life, actually, I struggled with this, this phenomenon. And I did not hear this name until actually a year ago, back in December, someone mentioned imposter syndrome and I Googled it and realized that they were writing my bio on the Google. So in the Christian world, imposter syndrome usually rears its head as we as believers work to replace pride with humility. 
We know that God hates pride, so we we want to be humble for him. And so we're trying our best to, to be humble. It's true that God wants us to be humble of heart, but when we view humility as the opposite of pride, we sometimes start a pattern of self-doubt and even worse, self-degradation. The key is to view humility as a healthy balance between pride and self-degradation, not go from one extreme to the other, because self-degradation is the extreme of pride. We have to find that healthy balance between both. Humility gives God the credit for our accomplishments, and that's not self-degradation. It's self-effacing in that we know that God is the giver of all of our talents and that we could do nothing without him. If we are successful in our endeavors, especially if they bring about good for others, it's because of God's grace and power in our lives. It's also helpful to rest in the knowledge that we are wonderfully made as it states in Psalm 139:14, by God and that we are meant to accomplish great works. It was his idea for us to do great works. It was not you who chose me, God says, but I who chose you and anointed you to go and bear fruit, bear fruit that will remain, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. That's John 15, 16. So this is telling us that this is God's intention that we do good works and bear fruit and that we can have the humility that gives him the credit for all of those accomplishments. With that said, take a second, take about 30 seconds to think about this. Write down areas where you're feeling imposter syndrome creeping in. Write a few statements that honor the humility that's described above and keep them handy. So go ahead and own the things that you've done, but then also go ahead and own where you feel like a, you're feeling like a fraud because you've made these accomplishments. Write them down and then take a look at humility the way God sees it, which is where we are giving him all of the, the glory for our accomplishments. The humility that it is not the extreme where we start degrading ourselves, but the humility that says, I was able to do this because of God. He's the one that gave me my talents and without him, I can do nothing. Okay, let's continue. All right, so let's talk about the research that's around imposter syndrome. It started back in 1978 when two psychologists, Pauline Rose Clance and Suzanne Imes or Eames, um, discovered in their research that women were uniquely affected by imposter syndrome. However, since then, it's been shown that all genders experience imposter feelings. I'm going to post in the chat box for further reading, for your further reading, um, the, the research and the study. There's going to be a link in the chat for you if you want to read further about the study that was done by these two psychologists. So let me get to the chat box and post this for you. Come on, chat. Here we go. So I'm going to post a link in here for you in the chat box. If it will pop up, it's not popping up. All right, technical difficulties there. I'm not seeing the chat box. So I'll try to have that at the end for you. But um, I do have the links that I can provide later on for you that shows this research. All right, let's continue. So let's talk about success and salvation. Is it luck or a fluke? Maybe you haven't openly thought to yourself that you're that you are a fraud or imposter. So maybe that doesn't apply to you where you're thinking that you're a fraud or an imposter, but perhaps you've brushed off your successes as luck. Ooh, I'm so lucky this happened to me. I'm so lucky. Or as being in the right place at the right time. Oh, I was just in the right place at the right time. It has nothing to do with my abilities or my gifts. I, it, I'm just lucky. Similarly, sometimes we as Christians fail to fully realize the meaning of our salvation. 
No matter our station in life, our upbringing, our career, or anything else, we are redeemed in Christ. God's salvation has nothing to do with what we have done for him. We are saved because Christ chose us, not the other way around. Our salvation is not a fluke or luck. It's an intentional act of sacrifice and love resulting from God's grace. So we're a chosen race. Remember this from 1 Peter 2, 9? We're a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of his own, so that we may announce the praises of him who called us out of darkness and into his wonderful light. What is this saying? We are created to do good works. We are created to do great things. So does the idea of success or salvation as luck sound like something you've thought or are thinking now? If you feel comfortable doing so, tell us about these feelings in the chat box, in the comments. Okay, so now that we've established what imposter syndrome is, this self-doubt, this self-degradation, this not believing, oh, I must be so lucky that I was able to accomplish these things and get these awards and do these things. Now that we've established that all of those is associated with the imposter syndrome, why is this harmful? Why are these thoughts harmful? Well, these thoughts are problematic because they're harmful to your self-confidence which can ultimately hold you back from future success and achieving your goals. What's more, they can hold you back from doing God's will, from answering the call and actually fulfilling the call. So every time we say, yes, Lord, yes, if we are harboring these harmful thoughts, these harmful thoughts, because they rob us of our God confidence and self-confidence, keeps us from fulfilling that calling and from fulfilling God's will. Remember that God has a plan for you and he can't use you for glory if you're feeling like an imposter. Jeremiah 29, 11, which is everybody's favorite and we quote it day in and day out. For I know well the plans that I have in mind for you, Oracle of the Lord, plans for your welfare and not for woe, so as to give you a future of hope. That is a plan that is God's promise. But believe it or not, if we're walking in this dangerous self, these dangerous thoughts, they will prevent us from actualizing all of these promises of God that he has for us. We will be our worst enemy for those. So when we're having thoughts of inadequacy, what when you're having feelings of inadequacy, what thoughts go through your mind? What thoughts do you think when you're experiencing feelings of inadequacy. Go ahead and share that if you would like. And you can open up the microphone or you could use the chat box to do so. Let me try to get to this chat one more time. Oh, here we go. I'm gonna post the link. There's the link that I mentioned earlier on now that I found the chat. All right, so now that we've talked about why these thoughts can be harmful for us, let's keep going. And, and I can actually um, speak to that as an example when it says, when um, feelings of inadequacy, I get immobilized. I mean, I can get the greatest ideas and the moment I start having all these self-doubt and this self-thought thoughts and all of these things that these negative thinking I'm immobilized. And so for me, I believe that it's taken me years to get where I am, which God already planned it for it anyway, because he knows me. But I believe that there was so much more that I could do, you know, and impact the kingdom so much more were it not for all of these negative self thoughts and the degradation. So, okay, let's continue. There are some subcategories sub of, of imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome can take various forms depending on a person's background, personality, and other circumstances. Imposter syndrome expert Dr. Valerie Young has categorized this syndrome into subgroups. The perfectionist, 
the superwoman or superman, because remember, even though it started out being primarily about women, it was discovered later that it impacts all genders. The natural genius is another subcategory, the soloist and the expert. So let's explore these subcategories. All right, the perfectionist. Perfectionism and imposter syndrome often go hand in hand because these personality types set extraordinarily high goals for themselves. They constantly worry about measuring up to these very goals. Notice they set the goals for themselves and then they have a hard time measuring up to the very goals that they set. So you might be a perfectionist if you've ever you were ever be accused of being a micromanager. You have difficulty delegating and when you do you feel frustrated and disappointed in the results. <laughs> you accuse yourself of not being good enough. And when you can't or you don't reach the goals that you've set for yourself, you accuse yourselves of being, not being good enough. And then you feel as though you and your work have to be 100% perfect all of the time. Those are the characteristics of a perfectionist, which can be a subcategory of the imposter syndrome. For people with this personality type, even when they're successful, it is never satisfying because they always believe they could have done a better job. And that's neither productive or healthy. At some point, we should be able to celebrate our success and not feel bad about the success and not feel like we didn't it didn't measure up the goals. All right, let's look at another personality type. So that was the perfectionist. Let's talk about the superwoman or the superman. Hmm. All people who experience imposter syndrome are convinced that they don't measure up to their real deal colleagues. So there's some comparison going on. The superwomen or supermen often try to push themselves to work harder to measure up. You might be trying to be your own super person if, here it comes, you stay later than the rest of the team, even past the point that you've completed that day's necessary work. You get stressed when you're not working and find downtime wasteful. You have let your hobbies and passions fall to the wayside, instead dedicating your spare time to work. You feel like you haven't truly earned your title, so you feel pressured to work harder and longer than those around you to prove your worth. Oh boy, can I relate to some of this. Imposter workaholics become addicted to the validation that comes from being busy, here it comes, not actually from the work itself. That's the superwoman and the superman. All right, we've done the perfectionist. Now we've done the superwoman, the superman. Let's move on to the natural genius. The natural genius. People with this personality type believe they should automatically be good at everything they do. So if something doesn't come easily to them, or if they cannot get it right on the first try, judgment ensues, self-judgment. This might apply to you if you're used to excelling without much effort. You have a track record of getting straight A's. You were frequently told as a child that you were the smart one in your family or peer group. You dislike the idea of having a mentor because you feel as though you can handle things on your own. Ouch. Your confidence crumbles when you're faced with a setback. And you often avoid challenges because it's uncomfortable to try something you're not great at. That is the natural genius who struggles from imposter syndrome. 
Are you feeling any of those yet? Can you identify with any of these yet? All right, let's keep going. The soloist. You know what? It's okay to be independent. Yeah, to a point, it's okay to be independent. But listen, when you push away help because you want to prove your own worth, you could fall into the soloist category. In the soloist category, if you feel a strong need to accomplish things on your own, you're a soloist. You might be a soloist if you often think or say, I don't need anyone's help. Yep, soloist. You frame requests in terms of the requirements of the project than your needs as an individual. Mm -hmm. You shy away from Bible studies. Here it goes. Prayer groups and other faith-related group activities, preferring instead to pray and study on your own. Oh, I don't need to join a prayer group. I pray on my own. Oh, I need to know. I don't need to join a, a Bible reading group. I drop that in there because that's what I have. <laughs> I could do it on my own. You know, hmm. might be a soloist. All right, now we come to the expert. And I don't know about you, but there are pieces of each and every one of these subcategories that I'm already identifying with. Like I mentioned before you, I am not just a facilitator of this webinar. I'm also a participant because I struggled with this issue all my life and I'm, I'm a work in progress. So let's talk about the expert. These people believe that their competence is dependent on how much they know or what they can do. Assuming they will never know enough, they fear being exposed as inexperienced or unknowledgeable. This could be you if you shy away from applying to jobs unless you meet every single educational requirement. It could be you if you're continually seeking out training or certifications because you think you need to improve your skills to succeed. Ouch. You've been in your role for quite some time, but you can still relate to feeling as though you don't know enough. And then finally, you immediately become uncomfortable when someone calls you an expert in your work or faith life. Isn't that something? Do one of these or more of these types sound familiar to you? I know it does for me. I know I can relate to these. So what causes imposter syndrome? Hmm. Factors outside of a person maybe, such as their environment, or here's a big one that's become a big topic in our in our society right now, in our world right now, institutionalized discrimination. These can play a major role in imposter feelings. Having a sense of belonging fosters confidence, right? And if you're in an environment where people don't look like you or sound like you or think like you, you might feel less confident. Or I might add where people make you feel that way because sometimes it's, it's people that may project that onto you. But then again, we're gonna talk about that some more later in terms of how people make you feel. This is especially true when you belong to a group for which there are stereotypes about competence, such as women in STEM fields, a minority student at an academic institution, or this one, a new Christian in a small group among lifelong Christians. Hmm. Okay, so those were good examples, but really and truly there's no single answer to why people experience imposter syndrome. Some experts pin it on personality traits and others focus on childhood memories or behavioral causes. Regardless of what causes these thoughts, good news, there are ways to work through them. 
There are ways to work through them because they do exist. They cannot be denied, but there are ways to work through them. All right, so here's a question now as we take it to a biblical perspective even further. Does imposter syndrome exist in the Bible? Hmm. Let's take Gideon, the fifth judge over Israel in the book of Judges. In chapter six, we find Gideon threshing wheat in a wine press, hiding it from the Midianites. The action is significant because Gideon is doing something good, right? He should be proud of this, something good for his people. But he's in the cover of darkness under the shadow. An angel of the Lord comes to him and reminds him that the Lord is with him. <sighs> Gideon sulks a little bit. If he's so mighty, he says, where are his wondrous deeds about which our ancestors told us when they said, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? For now, the Lord has abandoned us and has delivered us into the power of the Midian. And this is in Judges chapter 6, verse 13. Here's the angel's answer to Gideon, who is going through his little self-doubt and self-talk and negative self-talk. The angel's answer is that Gideon should stop looking around for someone to save his people and do it himself. Despite Gideon's protest that he's from a weak clan. So Gideon's saying, I, I'm fine. My clan is, there's no strength, there's no power in my clan, I can't do this. The Lord answered, I will be with you and you will cut down Midian to the last man. Judges chapter six, verse 16. Well, can you imagine a similar situation? <laughs> I can tell you I have. Have you ever been asked to give a keynote speech at a conference and said, um, I'm from a weak clan? Have you been given an invitation to take a job that you're not sure you're qualified for? Uh, but I'm from a weak clan. Feeling God calling you to a right to right a wrong in your family? Let me say that again. Are you feeling God calling you to put right something that you, you did wrong or some wrong that you did in your family or with someone else and it's been going on for years? Are you getting that call to say, make this thing right? Hmm. Uh -uh. I'm from a weak land. And when somebody, hmm. here's another one. When someone is trying to call you out and identify you for something, do you look over your shoulder for that guy or that, that girl that they're really talking to because couldn't be me? I don't think they're talking to me. It couldn't be me. They're talking about so-and-so. You should know that Gideon takes the job, just like Moses took the job with the help of Aaron. Gideon took the job. And of course, because God gave him the job, defeats the Midianites as promised, plus more. So let me, let me ask you this, what would happen in your life if you trusted yourself and God a bit more and simply said yes, when asked to do something, not just anything, but when asked to do something, here's the qualifier, important, something important. Oh, it's easy to hide behind the shadows and do the little things and skirt around that big thing that God is asking you to do, the important thing. But what would happen if we simply said yes? What would happen? Can you think of a situation in your life that sounds familiar to this? What would happen if we didn't say, oh, not me, it must be that guy over there, that guy, because God surely couldn't be talking to me. Because I am a fraud. I'm somebody's gonna find me out and realize that, you know, something's not right here. Oh no, not me. Couldn't me, couldn't be me. But what would happen if the fact that God said you was good enough to give us the confidence to step out and do what he said and, and resist those negative self-talk? <laughs> 
time for us to shine our light. Shine your light. Shine your light. Okay, so let's think about your talents and skills. And I'm going to say our. Let's think about our talents and skills. Let's think about your talent, my talents and skills. This can be difficult for someone struggling with imposter syndrome. But make a list of your special qualities. So this is going to be homework. Make a list of your special qualities. What are some things you can do that few people can? Yes, there are things you can do, believe it or not, that few people can do. We have a tendency to think that the things that we do are common and anybody could do that. Anybody could say this. Anybody could read that book out loud. Anybody could sing. Anybody could write. Anybody could teach. Anybody could do this. But there are a few things that you can do that few people can. You can do it and only another section of people can do it. What are those things? And God will, be, will impress upon your heart and shed the floodlight on that for you to see. I pray. What special qualities make you a valuable contribution to society? Because guess what? You are a valuable contribution to society, whether you see it right now or not. And I'm hoping that by the end of this, that you'll be able to get a glimpse into the fact that you are a valuable contribution to society. But go ahead for homework. Write this down. Again, you're going to make a list of your special qualities that you can do that few people can. And then you're going to also write what special qualities make you a valuable contribution to society. Here is a big, tall order. Don't be shy. Don't be shy. This is going to be something done between you and God. All right. So now. Realize that those talents and qualities are God-given, and he didn't give them to you or me so that we could hide them from the world. Matthew 5, 15 through 16, nor do they light up a lamp and then put it under a bushel basket. It is set on a lampstand where it gives light to all in the house. Just so your light must shine before others that they may see your good deeds and do what? Glorify your heavenly father. At the end of the day, it's not about us. It's about God's glory. It's so funny because as believers, we hear it all the time. We hear it all the time. But we have to really internalize that and realize that that's the reason why it's okay for us to shine. We shouldn't shy away because we need to do what God calls us to do for the good of others and for his glory. Your light in this world is meant to glorify God. Mm. Remember that all your talents come from God and give him the credit. Remember, that's the balance between pride and self-degradation. That's that healthy balance in the middle where when we do operate in our talents and our skills, just give God the credit. And then, then it will be much easier to celebrate your accomplishments with humility. Then you can see your success and acknowledge that it was success because you're not, it's not about you. It's about celebrating that accomplishment that God allowed you to get to. And that is where humility is happening. If you still feel you're not doing enough or able to do enough, make a list of all the things that you've done I guarantee you that when you start making a list of all of the things that you've done, your mind is going to be blown because that happens to me. You, you do things and then you forget them because we, if you're suffering from this imposter syndrome and you're constantly trying to be the perfectionist, you're constantly trying to be the genius and the soul, all of that is taken away from the attention to the fact that, yes, you have done some stuff. You have done some stuff. And if you cannot see it, ask a coworker, somebody that's a trusted friend, somebody that's, that's in for your good, somebody that's, that has your best interest. Don't ask everybody. 
Ask those people that want to see you shine to the glory of God. Ask them and they're going to bring you up to date. They're going to help you create the list of all of the things that you've already done. And with that list, you can celebrate your accomplishment with humility so often, so often. We allow the bad stuff, we let the bad stuff overwhelm the positive elements of our lives. We let the bad things overshadow all the good things. Starting today, we're going to remind ourselves of all the positive things that we've done. Using these lists, provide yourself with this evidence that you've done and that you're doing great things. And then turn around and thank God that you're able to do them because that is what makes the difference between pride and humility. So shine your light. Shine your light. Listen, don't be afraid of confidence. Three years ago, after um, being pulled into doing some stuff that I, I certainly didn't feel equipped to do. I was in the throngs of suffering from imposter syndrome, you know, and I, I, I had no confidence. And someone said to me, you need to become more confident. You need more confident. But honestly, I was afraid of confidence because again, I love God so much and I know there's pride and I, I just couldn't see the line between pride and confidence at the time. And so I set out to try to learn more about how to become confident. And, you know, as believers, we need to know that it's okay. You don't have to be afraid to be confident. There's a quote in here from Demi Lovito. Demi Lovito said, what's wrong with being confident? Not a thing as long as, here it is, you give God the glory. Give God the glory. And, and there, um, there's a terminology that was coined. I, I heard it in the church. God, Godfidence. Even if you have to work it as Godfidence till you can get used to it being the confidence that you should get comfortable with saying, I, I am confident, knowing internally that it is Godfidence. However, we need to work it. As believers, we need to find that healthy place of knowing that it's okay to be confident. It's okay to be confident. This is a struggle for somebody who really has this syndrome. Here's what the Bible says about confidence in 2 Corinthians 3 verses 4 through 6. Such confidence we have through Christ toward God, not that of ourselves we are qualified to take credit for anything as coming from us, rather our qualification comes from God, who has indeed qualified us as ministers of a new covenant. It is not about us. It is not from us. It is from God. It is from God. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. You know, not by power nor by might, but by his spirit. Everything that we do and even the confidence that we can have can come from God. So there's nothing wrong with being confident. Remember, confidence does not. Confidence does not equal arrogance. There is a big difference between confidence and arrogance, just like there is a big difference between humility and self-degradation. Confidence. You can be confident in your abilities while still maintaining humility. Remember that balance between pride and self-degradation we talked about? That's where you, your humility lies. And you can be confident right in that spot of humility. In other words, you're doing what you're, if you've ever wondered how some of our wonderful um, people that walk in before us that model this in front of us and, and they look so bold and confident. It's because their confidence is, they know where their confidence lies and they're aware of where humility lies. And as a member of the Maxwell team, as a mentor of, of as, as a mentored by John Maxwell, you know, I have been taught that 
um, we operate at the level of awareness, the law of awareness that's in the 15 invaluable laws of growth. We operate at the law of awareness. And we are only as good as our awareness. So in order for us to grow, we have to grow in awareness. So learning that confidence doesn't equal arrogance and humility doesn't equal self-degradation is, is taking our awareness to another level where now we can operate at another level. Let's keep going because time is of the essence and I still have quite a few things to go. All right, so listen, the purpose of this webinar, again, to overcome imposter syndrome. We talked about not being afraid to be confident. Don't be afraid to be confident. Just keep it in balance and keep God as the source at all times. And even if you don't say thank you, Jesus, hallelujah, after every second word, but you say thank you, knowing on the inside that all of it comes from God, that's confidence and humility. It's okay to be humble. But let's talk about treating how we treat ourselves. Let's talk about how we treat ourselves. Be mindful the way you treat yourself. It's okay to be humble. Here's a but. If you're always rejecting praise or compliments, and I just touched on that. If you're always rejecting praise or compliments, you're not doing any favors for your mental health. Remember, imposter syndrome is a psychological situation. All right? It has to do with a mentality. When we went through all of those subcategories, there's some mental mentality taking place there. And if we keep rejecting praise or compliments, we are feeding into this syndrome. Therefore, we have to learn how to shift. We have to make a shift from rejecting praise or compliments. If you're serious about trying to shift the way you think about your own success, then you need to start being nicer to yourself. And that starts with not rejecting praise or compliments. That's just one of the pieces. Listen, if someone complimented your friend and you just happened to be standing there and somebody said, hey, wow, nice job the other day. Are you going to step in and say to that person, no, it was nothing. Would you do that to your friend? When they're receiving a compliment, say, no, it was nothing. So why do we do it to ourselves? Why do it to yourself? Start treating yourself nicer. Start being nicer to yourself. In other words, simply say thank you. A simple thank you is good enough. Oh, you did a great job. Thank you. Complete answer. And then if you want to remind people, better yet, do what you can to remind people that you're a person of God as you are led. Because like I said, it's not, it's some people do, I mean, let, let's not say that. If you're led to say, um, you know, all glory to God, but not, it doesn't need to be to a point where it's, it, it loses its savor. Thank you is good. Because God knows what's on the inside of you. And, and that's where it really matters. Because God's looking at the heart. Now, if it becomes a time where a testimony, it's a perfect setup by God for you to give a testimony and say, you know what? I thank God and Holy Spirit is leading you to give a testimony as how God led you to be able to do that. Then by all means, do that. But at the same time, don't feel bad if all you got, if all you have to give and it's okay to give a thank you. And that's it. One more thing about being nice to yourself. It's attractive when someone can accomplish great things. There's nothing more attractive than someone who can accomplish great things. We have the capacity. God has given us the capacity to accomplish great things. We need to know that it, it's attractive. And we can remind others that we draw our strength from God because God gets glorified. And as Christians, sometimes, all times, we're called to give all the glory to God. Let's keep going. So don't be afraid of confidence, right? Don't be afraid of confidence. Let's recap, right? Be nice to yourself. Treat yourself the way you would treat your best friend. The same way you wouldn't hurt your best friend's feeling for no reason, stop hurting your feelings. 
Here's a big one. Mistakes are okay. Mistakes are okay. Learn to take mistakes in stride. Mistakes are a natural part of learning. Thomas Edison said, I haven't failed. I've just found 10,000 ways that will not work. <laughs> I love that. What if every time we made a mistake, we would say, I haven't failed. I made an effort and it showed me in my effort where I need to tweak my effort so that the next time I make an effort, I will know what not to do. What if we were to look at our mistakes that way? Everybody makes mistakes, regardless of how perfect they may seem. Trust me, everybody makes mistakes. Move forward and do better next time. Do not dwell on what went wrong. John Maxwell again speaks about experience. He said experience is not the best teacher. He said evaluated experience is the best teacher because an, a mistake is an experience. When you evaluate that mistake and you extract what you need to learn from it, you have learned something new and you can move right ahead and improve on that effort. Sometimes mistakes are a blessing in disguise. God is always opening doors with our failures. Can I get a witness? Yes, I'm a witness. So can you think of a mistake you made that actually made your life better in the long run? I bet you can, because I have plenty. <laughs> Let's keep going. Let's keep going. All right. Here's a tough one. Here's a tough one. All right. Act before you're ready. If you identified with the perfectionist, this is a biggie. Because the perfectionist wants 100% to be perfect, right? But this goes for all of us. Act before you're ready. We're always waiting on the perfect time. And I think somewhere in the in the Ecclesiastics, it said if we wait on perfect conditions, nothing will ever happen. There will never be a perfect time to do something. So here we go. Rip off that Band-Aid. Press send on that application. Regardless of whether you have all the qualifications, send. Hit send on the application. Submit it. Know that God is on your side and that even in your imperfection, you are meant to do his will. Also, know that God has accounted for you and sees you. There's nothing to fear. Every hair on your head has been counted. He knows it all. Do not be afraid. And that's Luke chapter 12, verse 7. Do whatever it is that you're afraid of because no one, no one, no one is ever 100% ready to do anything. No one. Act before you're ready. Ah, here's that part. Here's this one. We have got to learn. We have got to learn to not count on external validation. Ah, oh, who is not guilty about this? Who doesn't like to hear? Who doesn't like to get their work validated? You've worked hard on something. Who doesn't have to? Who doesn't want that? Yet, we have to take back this power that we've handed off to others. So reach out your hand and grab back that power. And here's the power that you're taking back. You are taking back the power that belongs to God and you to make you feel good. Go ahead and take it back. Grab it and take it back. Whoever you handed that to, go ahead and grab that thing and take it back and say, give me back my power because I am responsible for the way I feel and God is responsible for the way I feel. He's the only one. Nobody else is responsible for the way I feel. No one, not even your boss, should ever have more power than you or God to make you feel good or bad about yourself. Come on, take it back, take it back, grab it back. The power should be in your hands and God's hands. You can't control what other people think about you or how other people will treat you or react to your work. It's out of our control. We cannot control that. Listen, 
On any given day, you may encounter a person that like that dislikes you just because you breathe a sigh of relief of something that, that had nothing to do with them. They've never met you before in their lives. And they just walk in the door and see you and just decide, I don't like you. That's not your problem. That's not my problem. We cannot control the way other people act or react. We can't control that. Our control belongs to us on how we make ourselves feel or how we allow ourselves to do certain things or how we, we are in control of our own behaviors. We are in control of our own attitudes. We're in control of our activities, our outcomes. We're in control of the things that we're responsible to do that God has given us to do. That's where we are in control. And we are in control with God's help on whether we feel good or bad about ourselves. And Lord knows, I believe God wants us to feel good about ourselves because guess what? He made us. And why would he make something not to feel good about? <laughs> if you're always striving to get the stamp of approval in order to feel good about what you've done, you may never get what you're looking for. Let me say that again, even though I'm running out of time. If you're always looking to get somebody's stamp of approval in order to feel good about what you've done, it may never happen. You're always going to be looking. You're, you're going to be forever looking. Don't let that drain you or hold you back from continuing on your journey forward. Keep going. Whether you have external validation or not, if they happen to give you the external validation, guess what you're going to do? You're going to say thank you and keep going. You should have been validated before they even said thank you, before they even gave it to you, if they're going to give it to you. And if they don't give it to you, you're already validated because you were obedient and did what you're supposed to do. Do you place a lot of value on external validation? Most people do. I do. A work in progress here, learning. We could all benefit on working on this one, on not counting on external validation. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. All right. Remind yourself how much God loves you every single day. Remind yourself how much God loves you. Spend some time repeating statements to yourself that boost your confidence and remind you how much God loves you. I'm a child of God. I am worthy. I am enough. I am loved. I'm more than enough. God loves me. Statements like those, affirmation statements, write them down, put them on your mirror, whatever you need to do. Um, I can, I can, I can. I can do this. I can do this. I can you do this. Whatever you need to do, remind yourself how much God loves you. The scripture is full of affirmations. I, 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 I'm pressed for time, so I cannot give, but I'll give you an example. I have royal blood flowing through my veins. I am designed for good work. God made me victorious. God has given me a heavenly call. Strengthen your confidence. Meditate on 2 Corinthians 3, 4 to 6. Recite verses and statements of affirmation. Whenever you feel the negative thoughts, shame, or doubt creeping in, recite verses and statements of affirmation. Guess what? This is going to rewire how the brain works. This is going to rewire how the brain works. Shifting from negative to positive. Make it a habit to declare your worth as a child of God and become the person God designed you to be. I told you how I struggled with this. I told you how every time I got an opportunity, I would think of somebody else that was worthy of the opportunity. In fact, I would hand off the opportunity. I would pass over phone numbers and say, call this person. They can do this. They will do that. I did that so many times until my awareness increased and until I understood, learned last year what imposter syndrome was. So the other day, an opportunity became available to me. And immediately, yes, my mind went to someone that I thought immediately would do a better job. I thought of the person and I laughed because this time was different because now I understand what's going on in my brain and in my mind. And I was able to counter it and say, mm, I see you, I see you syndrome. You're not gonna have this one. 
And I was able to move forward and do the opportunity and do it with fidelity to the glory of God, to the glory of God. So here again, for overcoming, because we're overcomers, pray and talk about your feelings. Pray and talk about your feelings. When you pray from the heart and acknowledge that your soul is needy and your spirit is poor and humble before him, that's a prayer God honors. Let me pull out that word needy. People don't want you to be needy on them. Nobody likes anybody that's needy. And I learned that the hard way because when I was a new believer, I was very needy. And I learned quickly and a very hard way, harsh way, that People don't appreciate it, but oh my God, I am so happy that God appreciates my neediness on him because I bug him all the time with my neediness. And that's what he wants you to do. He wants you to pray and talk about your feelings with him. Bring your concerns to him. And when you don't know how to pray, open up that word and just pray the word. Grab some Psalms and pray the Psalm back to him. And every now and then I may get into a situation sometimes myself. And all I have is a one word prayer. And my one word prayer is Jesus. And then sometimes I have a three word prayer. It's Jesus help me. And sometimes it's four words. Jesus help me, please. But anybody that knows me know that I can also pray from today till tomorrow. So you say your little one word or your little two words, three words, four words, or two days if you want to. What matters is that you pray and talk to God about your feelings. There's no shame in reaching out for support either. You may need a close person to talk to. Turn to your loved ones and see if they have. The person that's looking out for you, turn to a counselor or a psychologist or get a mentor or join an online platform if you need to talk about your feelings. There's no shame in that. You can pray to God, but sometimes you may need a counselor. Sometimes you need a psychologist, a life coach, a mentor. There's no shame in reaching out for support. Let's keep going. I only have two minutes left. Turn your focus outwards. Okay, this is a big one. This is a big one. Like many paralyzing emotions, imposter syndrome is characterized by focusing inward. If you find yourself always thinking about yourself, oh, get out of your head. Get out of your head. It means to stop living in your repetitive thoughts and focus on something else. Stop focusing so much on yourself and your negative self-talk. Believe me, you can break the patterns. Start the process of breaking those patterns. How? Stop meditating on the lies that Satan has planted in you and start meditating on the word of God to dispel those lies. God loves you. Get it out of your head. Pray. Focus on God, do a daily devotion, read, read the passion of the Christ, reflect on God's suffering and how much you're loved. Repeat these statements, God loves me. Get out of our heads. Another way to get out of our head is to volunteer. Help, find a cause that means something to you. Go out and volunteer somewhere. Do something philanthropic, give. Find something that's bigger than yourself and give to that cause. Give your time, your service to that cause. So now let do a flow activity that helps you to track your time and keep up your time so that we're not always inside. Focus outward. Take, get out of our head. We have to get out of our head and get outward. Go outward. Okay. We're at the top of the hour. Wow, how time flies when you're having fun. The class was put together by using information from several sources. And I'm going to put those sources in the chat box right now so that if you want to reference them and check them out, um, you can be free to do so. Here we go. Those are the sources of this uh, session. 
Thank you so very much for taking the time to join me today. I know you're busy. It's a Saturday. You could have been doing a ton of other things. I absolutely love getting to chat with you and to hope that you learn something valuable. I also want to add that I'm so proud of you for taking steps towards becoming better, more confident versions of yourselves so that we can surrender to the call that God has in our lives so that we can start operating in our divine destinies for the good of others and for the glory of God. If you have any questions whatsoever, please feel free to reach out to me at my email view on charleslearning at gmail.com. Reach out to me by email. I just thank you so much for being here. And finally, I just want to end with this final question. How are you feeling? How are you feeling? I pray that you are feeling renewed, refreshed, and above all, I pray that your awareness has been challenged, that it has increased, so that when you leave out of this session, that you are going to be operating at a higher level of awareness than where you came from, because growth only happens when we increase our awareness. Thank you so much for being here. Do have a fantastic rest of your Saturday. And again, I hope to see you on another one of my webinars. Please tell your friends, tell your family, please share. God bless you. Bye.